0: and I'm here with Dan the Man. Dan the Man? You know, when your name's Dan, they say that to you a lot, but I'm pretty sure it's just because it rhymes, not because they think I'm the man. <laughs> I'm sure it's a very overplayed joke at this point in your life. Yeah, I remember when I was seven and I showed up for t-ball practice and I was like, Dan the Man. I'm like, what is this? I don't know what this <laughs> means. And I've never heard this before. Since then, I've gotten used to it.
1: That's a pretty one. Cool yeah is our special guest
0: today? Our special guest today is Nadine, and Nadine is one of our therapists here, and our therapists serve sort of a complicated role at Northwest College Support. Um, obviously, people sort of understand maybe what a therapist does in terms of mental health and kind of internal personal growth. Um, at our program, they kind of play a key role in overseeing students' cases and work with families closely, and um, Nadine is a social worker by educational background. Make sure I got that one right. We have all sorts of different backgrounds, but I was thinking I still got them all right. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. So we're excited to have uh, Nadine in for our staff interview today.
2: Thanks. I'm excited to be here.
1: Welcome to the show. Thanks, Hunter. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Nadine.
2: Well, um, I've been in northern Idaho for three years now.
0: Three years? Yes. Where'd you move here from? Ohio. See, not California, so it's okay. Yeah. People get upset. <laughs> <laughs> we would get phone calls. We have to, we'd have to have a hundred edit. It. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, uh, my husband and I were living in Ohio looking for any opportunity to get out. We absolutely hated it. Hmm. Um, and my husband got a job in Sandpoint Idaho and that's how we got out here uh, in 2016 and I started working at a therapeutic boarding school in Bonners Ferry and um, when that closed down I moved south and came to Northwest College support and it was kind of a cool transition moving towards kind of where the students I was working with at Northwest Academy, we're transitioning to. So I was able to kind of follow some of the students this way. It's just been a really cool experience.
1: Northwest College support, Northwest Academy, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> Northwest. Yes.
2: It gets kind of confusing. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Um,
0: I think it went like Northwest Academy is closing. Did you text me? Somebody <laughs> else texted me? You te- just texted me and I you did. Did. were like, Like, I don't even know if this is professional, but somebody got this number.
2: Yeah, I was desperate. I had just found out I was pregnant and I lost my job. So I was pretty desperate to find another job. And my boss at the time was like, why don't you reach out to Dan Hanks down at Northwest College Support? And I'm like, all right. And I didn't have his email. I just had his phone number. So I sent you a text message and you replied pretty quickly.
0: One of the interesting uh, pieces of trivia is that Northwest College Support none of our therapists have been hired through like a job posting. Really, none of them. Um, uh, none of the Northwest College Support. It's only people who have reached out to us.
2: That's kind of cool. That's
0: all the all the therapists are here from their own reaching out in some way. That's Either cool. just randomly emailed or we knew them somehow. Mm-hmm. So all of them came that way.
1: So we have a set of values in the program why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what your favorite value is.
2: Okay Um, well my favorite value is our work starts and ends with relationships Um, and I think that one's my favorite because I don't really feel like any therapeutic work can get done without a relationship and building some trust first. Um, I think therapy is kind of a really scary thing and if the student or client doesn't have any trust in who they're working with it's not going to move forward Um, so that's definitely where my go-to when I'm meeting a new client is let's just take some time to build that relationship and get to know each other a little bit um, before we get down to the Mm nitty-gritty.
1: What are some of the techniques you use to build a relationship with your clients?
2: I mean, I think just talking about like interests and hobbies and um, just finding something that we can relate to um, is always good. And talking about my past and their past and just kind of come into a common ground of how we can work together.
0: I have some tricks. Body <laughs> mirroring. I do body mirroring with clients. Okay. You, you
1: know copy what that is? Copy uh, yeah. their, their posture.
0: And it makes people feel safe. Yeah. yeah, if people like hang out together a lot like let's say like they're out to dinner together you'll see people like reach all for their water at the same time mm-hmm. I started trying this when I would do group therapy early in my career I would cross my legs and I would see what percentage of my group was crossing their legs at the same time when I would cross my legs so if I switched from one side to the other I would see what percentage of them switched with me and that usually gave me a very good tell of how many people were syncing up with the group content at the time. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Tell us, uh, do you have any good stories about your time here, in 18?
2: Oh, stories. Well, like I, I've only been here for a year in September, and three of those months I was on maternity leave, so I have about five or six months of actual work. Um, but I have my first... Client who's actually transitioning mm-hmm. at the end at the beginning of August, um, so I would say that's a success. Um, she's going to be moving on to a four-year school and going to start working on her master's degree. So I, I would probably chalk that up as a success.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing great. Have so
1: any memorable moments or things that stood out to you when you were working with her?
2: I think she was very aware of everything that was going on. She's a little bit older. So that was really cool to kind of watch her figure it out on her own with not a lot of direction. Um, So it was really cool to like point out like, hey, did you realize that you just made this connection? Do you realize that you just figured this out about yourself and um, watching her grow in that aspect was really cool. And now she knows exactly what she needs to be successful. There's no question. Like she knows she needs specific things and she figured it out all on her own, which is really cool.
0: cool, That is cool. And uh, we were saying before the podcast that the story you're supposed to pick was you were the first person to come back from maternity leave and come back to work.
2: Yeah, I heard that's quite the success around here. That's (laughs) a real success.
0: We have a very progressive maternity, paternity leave uh, program at Northwest College Support. And uh, I don't know how many babies were born from our staff last year. Is like five or six yeah something like that yeah as a group there was a lot of babies
2: yes so congratulations thank you thank (laughs) you I am actually glad to be back you know I miss my daughter at home but we're we're doing the whole working thing so yeah we're making it work
0: we're very glad you came back (laughs) thanks I I made a joke in a staff meeting if right now there's a national democratic candidate that's running Amy it's Amy Kovachar and she took some heat because she, um, some of the policies she put in re- around the maternity leave at a, at her job, mm. and she put in these restrictions on it. She's taking all this heat, and uh, I was like, oh no, now I can never run for office <laughs> because of these maternity paternity rules. Right. I gotta stay away. <laughs> I was like, let's see, did this program incentivize m- more people to get pregnant? But Nadine was already yes, I, I mean, was already pregnant. I think you said that a minute ago. So, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but you know, I was like, I was like, well, okay, that's <laughs> fine. Come to work. <laughs> we want you anyway. Come on. Yeah, it all worked out. I could have not hired you then. I would have definitely been in the o- Amy car. <laughs> <laughs> would that, would been, problem. that would have been the worst <laughs> they'd even be like great I just went on an interview and I'm winning a lawsuit <laughs> what a great day
1: right. <laughs> so uh, enough talk about pregnancy <laughs> and, and <issues>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us about changes or improvements you would like to see in the mental health industry I know you oh. said you've been doing therapy for a while so you probably have a good grip on this
2: yeah and I've worked with all populations, at least a lot of different ones. I um, started my career out in a low income K-12 through 12 school, um, offering therapy in school, like during school hours, and then kind of moved to the residential world when I came out to Idaho um, and got to see how the other half <laughs> live and get that support when there's money involved. So I have a real like unrealistic in a perfect world it would be really cool if some of those low-income students could really benefit from some of the services that some of the wealthier students were actually getting such as this program or you know other programs in the area so I don't know how realistic that is but that would be a hope that we somehow could figure out how to offer a higher level of support to these students before they get out into the real world and they're in their 20s and it's just too late and um yeah does that make sense
1: yeah i think it does <laughs> 20s too late Oof, i got not that, that timeline coming up yikes
2: but there's always this kind of like stigma around you know if you don't get the support before you're 18 mm-hmm. you then have this choice to get it or not you know In my last program that I worked at, it was all the students were pretty much forced to be there. They were under the age of 18, and their parents just sent them there, and they had to figure out how to be there against their will. And then when you move into this population, it's like they're choosing to be here, which is a really cool thing to see, a good shift. but it would be really neat to see that opportunity with the seven, eight, nine-year-olds who are really having a hard time in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then they really don't get the support that they need until they're 16, 17, 18 years old, so.
0: Yeah, and then I, I think it's actually pretty realistic in terms of funding. And my idea goes like this. Juvenile detention in Idaho currently uh, Cost $10,000 a month per person in juvenile detention, which is wow. about two times the expense of yeah. a level of program which inclu- of ours, which includes residents and mm-hmm. tons of staff and tons of therapy. And if you could do that and leverage it when that young person is younger do the same level of intervention but at a younger age and save that money later that is now going into the juvenile system, and then you look at how much we're spending in the prison system right? compared to treatment. And we're now talking closer to $20,000 mm-hmm. per month per person. And now you're talking about exceptionally high-end treatment. So if there was a way to shift some of those funds, and we as a society could see the value of preventative mental health care, and you think of what percentage of people in the juvenile detention center really End up there because of mental health needs. Right. Either substance abuse or otherwise. You just have to have <laughs> the people see the need mm-hmm. to use that money differently. So I don't think it's naive. We're already spending it. Right. We're just spending it in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's really frustrating.
2: Yeah. So that would definitely be the shift I would love to see and be a part of. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we are all out of the pre written questions. Is there <laughs> anything you would like to uh, talk about? Leave us with
2: mm. No I think this is pretty cool I've never done a podcast before So First cool experience
0: First time for everything Yeah Well it's not a first time for everything I'm, <laughs> I've decided not to go skydiving Yeah Yep it's, um, it's pretty safe right? I took it off my bucket list Why is that? I don't really want to do it
1: <laughs> Not as appealing anymore
0: No I never really wanted to do it But I was like I'll skydive someday And I was like You know what? No I'm not <laughs> Not a first time for skydiving for Dan.
2: That's okay. Yeah.
0: So, this has
1: been the uh, Northwest College Support interview series with Hunter and Dan and our special guest for the evening, Nadine. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.